Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad to see you here. Uh, with us this morning and have you here with us. And my name is Judah Thomas. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. And I'm so glad that you've decided to come with us, uh, come this morning and join us as we worship our God. You know, we're in a series called Ghost Stories. Ghost We all like ghost stories, don't we? We go camping, we sit around the fire and we tell ghost stories well well these are ghost stories but different kind of ghost stories these are the not so scary truths about the holy spirit and and i found that oftentimes we talk about god the father and we we love to talk about jesus and the sacrifice that he made but sometimes we don't talk about the holy spirit enough because it gets kind of weird and it gets kind of wacky and people start doing weird things and we're like i don't know i just i just rather not even go there well, we see the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the, the Spirit of God would come down on certain individuals and give them the ability to do certain things. Uh, the Spirit of God came down on Joseph. If you remember in Joseph, you know, he was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was a slave for a while, and then he got thrown into prison. Ultimately, he interpreted a few dreams, and he became second in command in all of Egypt. And the Holy Spirit came on him and gave him the ability to help to lead Egypt. Uh, Joshua. The Holy Spirit came down on Joshua and, and gave him the, the insight and the wisdom on how to defeat armies such as Jericho. The Holy Spirit came down on a guy named Bezalel and gave him the ability to sculpt things and make things out of gold and how to embroider things and do crafts and artistic things. Often the Holy Spirit would come down on different prophets and they would, they would speak things, they would speak warnings to the people of Israel or to individuals. The Holy Spirit came down on Gideon and gave him the wisdom how to, how to defeat an entire army with just a few hundred people. The Holy Spirit came down on Samson, if you can believe this, and gave him the ability to kill a lion with his bare hands. I don't know how many of you have done that recently, but uh, it seems like that would probably be difficult to do. He also killed an entire army with the jawbone of a donkey, and in the end, he ended up pushing down a huge building on top of a bunch of people, himself included. But the Holy Spirit came down on these people. The Holy Spirit came down on Saul, and he was able to prophesy and, and, and perform great things. But the problem was, was that just like the Holy Spirit could come down onto that person, the Holy Spirit could also leave that person as well. And we see that happen with Saul later on in his life when, when the Bible teaches us that he was being tormented by other spirits as well. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. In fact, in the very first chapter of Luke, we see that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. An angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to have 
a child, you're going to have a son, name him Jesus. And she's like, uh, I can't. I'm a virgin. I've never been with anybody. She says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to have a child. And that's exactly what happened, and, and she was able to give birth to Jesus. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit throughout his life, and then he died, and the power of the Holy Spirit is what raised Jesus from the dead again. And Jesus then promised, he said, I'm going to leave you guys, but, but someone's going to come after me that's even better for you than me. And when we think about that, I mean, we talked about this last week, we're like, what could be better than having Jesus with us? You know, he's going along, and you're a little bit hungry, and he's like, here's some bread and fish, you know? And you're going along, and you're like, oh, I stubbed my toe, and he's like, your toe is healed. I mean, man, what could be better than that? But Jesus says, someone's coming that's even better. In Luke 24, verse 49, he says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Now I will send my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. This same powerful Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, is available to all who believe in Jesus, even today. Now how many of you, think about this for a moment, how many of you know someone that's maybe a believer in Christ, that you would say, that person has more spiritual power than I have. Anybody, you know somebody like, you're like, man, that person, man, they just have so much spirit. You hear them pray, and you're like, man, if I was God, I would answer that prayer, right? I mean, their prayer is just full of power, and their life is full of, of power. Man, they're, they're, you're talking with them, and they start quoting Scripture. Like, man, they, they just know the Bible inside and out. They have difficult times that they face like everybody else, but somehow they're not shaken in the middle of those times. And we say, how could they have more power? Well, maybe they have more power than you do. Some, some people, quite frankly, are more surrendered to God and more surrendered, more obedient to the Holy Spirit than we are. Now, this doesn't mean that the power is not available to you because the very same power is available to you, but some of us are not as surrendered to it. Several years ago, my wife and I bought a house, and, um, and, and it was you know a great house, and we, we loved it. And after a period of time, I, I was always looking out at my backyard, and, and in my backyard there was like these, I don't know, these like, bumps like I don't know maybe this high maybe 20 foot long 10 foot wide like two of them and there was a tree in the middle and one day on my day off I was like you know what I want to do I want to level the backyard so so I went and I got a pair of gloves I learned this the hard way you get blisters if you don't wear gloves and um and so I I got my gloves and I got my shovel and I went out there in the backyard, and I don't know if I use this shovel or not, probably so, but as you can imagine, this shovel doesn't go into the dirt very well. And I, and I dig it in, and I get a scoop, and I'm like, oh, I lifted it up, and I toss it over. I'm like, okay, that's one. <laughs> and I step back, and I look at it, and I'm like, that was, that was a pretty lame attempt. So I go back over, and I really put it, and I, and I spend like a half an hour, and I'm just digging. 
I mean, as hard as I can. I mean, I'm sweating. I'm digging. I'm digging. I step back, and, and, and I'm not joking. There's a spot like maybe this big around, about like this deep, that's dug. And I got to go down like, like three foot down, like 20 foot long, like 10 foot wide. I'm like... I've not even made a dent in this thing. And, and so, so I'm thinking, like, what in the world do I do about this backyard? And I'm like, this is just a bad idea. Maybe it's just okay. We'll have some bumps in the backyard. We're not going to worry about it. And then I call up my friend, and we're talking. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, say, I'm trying to level my backyard, and this is not going very well. And he's like, well, here, I got a backhoe. He's like, how about I'll come over your house and we'll level the backyard for you. And I'm like, well, that sounds like the best idea I've heard all day. So he brings his backhoe over and, and then he proceeds. And it still took about all day long to level out and grade my backyard. I would still be there today with that shovel, digging it, and be very angry and saying things I wouldn't be proud of if if it wasn't for him. Someone else coming in with a power that was far greater than my power that that could do something that I couldn't do on my own. But see, a lot of a lot of us followers of Christ, a lot of Christians. We face life and we put on our, our little gloves. We put on our gloves and, and, and we take our shovel and we're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this life. I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to live the life of a Christ follower. I'm going to overcome these addictions and thoughts in my life. I'm going to be the person God wants me to be. And then we step back and we examine our work and we're like, Wow. I wasn't able to accomplish very much on my own there. We strive, we battle, we fight, but we don't get very far. Why? Because we're doing it out of our own strength. But the good news is that there's a power that's available to you that's greater than the power that you have on your own. Romans 8.11, I love this verse. I read it last week and probably going to read it every week. Romans 8.11 uh, we have that one, Romans 8, 11. It says this. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Did you know that when Jesus raised from the dead, it was the Holy Spirit that did that? The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Lives where? He lives in you? I mean, if I said, hey, guess what, guys? There is a power that is so strong that it can raise someone from the dead. And and here, you can have it. No, no thanks. That's weird. (laughs) I don't, I'm not interested. No, come on. You got, you got to be nuts to say that. Like, oh, give me all you got, man. It says, and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And we love to talk about God. We love to talk about Jesus. And man, I love it as much as anybody. But we can't overlook the power of the Holy Spirit because that's the power that exploded Jesus back to life again and is now living in you. You have access to that power. And instead of of putting on our gloves and grabbing that shovel, we have access to this power. But the question is, 
is are you, are you full of it? Turn to turn, turn, say, are you full of it? <laughs> say, I'm full of it, right? Okay, never, may, maybe don't say it like that. But um, you're like, this guy is full of it. Um, Acts 1, verse 4, it says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus speaking, he said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he's promised you. If somebody says, I got a good gift for you, but, but just hang on just a minute. Man, you might want to just hang on just a minute to get that gift. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promises I told you. Verse 5, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized. What does that word mean, man? I mean, man, you go to different churches, you'll see all different meanings for that word baptism, right? Sometimes it's like a little misting sprinkle, and sometimes it's, you know, you dunk them and hold them on, and there's all different things. Well, when you look at the original language, okay, I'm not speaking about any church, when you look at the original language, the word baptize, it comes from the word baptizo. Baptizo, which literally means to immerse. To immerse, not, not to fill. There's a difference of filling something and immersing something, right? It's like there's a difference from, from taking a shower and going swimming in the ocean, right? When, when, when you're in the shower, well, there's a limited amount. You know, you got the water coming. But when you're in the ocean, I mean, this is, this is an overwhelming amount. You are immersed and you're overwhelmed. Now, there's another word in the Greek that's called bapto. There's baptizo and bapto. And both of these words mean to immerse. And it's like, well, what's the difference? Well, here, the word, actually, here's a better way to describe it. You guys ever had pickles before? Ooh, like pickles. Now, there's all different kinds of pickles, but I don't know how old I was before I realized that pickles are cucumbers. Did you guys know that? <laughs> I didn't know it for a long time. I was probably like 10, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. The word bapto is taking something, like say a pickle, when you make a pickle, and you dunk it in boiling water, and you pull it back out again. Right? I mean, you're just doing something really quick. The word baptizo, to baptize, to immerse, is like making pickles. You put the cucumbers, excuse me, <clears throat> in here, and they're in there for so long, they're so absorbed with it, that it changes the cucumber into something else. You can't make this into a cucumber anymore. It is a pickle now. I'm convinced of it. You can't make that you know, into a cucumber because, because it's been changed because it's been immersed in something of greater power than its own. When we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's like these pickles. You're, you're immersed in it, but it's something that changes you until you're a new creature. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has begun because now... You are changed. Now you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. One is just a temporary dipping, and the other is a permanent change. You'll be immersed in this. Once this happens, Acts 1 8. 
It says, but you will receive power. Oh, I got some movies up there. Cool. <laughs> Not that kind of power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power. What, what do you receive power for? And, and if, if you can follow along with the verses on your Version app if you have that. Check out live. Do a search for Thrive Church and you can pull them up. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why do we receive power? Why do we receive power? It's not so we can just go around there, you know, speaking in tongues. We receive power so that we can be witnesses for Jesus Christ. See, he says, you'll receive power. That word power is translated from, from the word dunamis, which, which is the word, uh, Greek word for strength, for power, for the ability to perform miracles. It's where the word dynamite comes from. It's an overwhelming amount of power. The explosive power of God. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To do what? So, so what's, what's the big deal about this? What, what's the big deal? You know, some of us, we're, we're going through life, and man, you're like, I, there's just, I just can't get these things right. I just can't get it right. I just keep going through the motions, and I can't get it right. Man, maybe you never had much faith. Think about the disciples. Man, remember Peter? I mean, Peter, here's the dude's like, oh, I'm going to follow you anywhere until Jesus gets arrested, right? And, and he, he runs, and he betrays Jesus three times, and all the disciples ran. They're all a bunch of cowards, except, except John. He kind of followed along a little bit. And then Jesus rose, and where are those disciples? Where were they? They were locked up, hiding, scared in a room. They're like, they're hiding from the Jewish authorities. And some of these disciples saw Jesus, and they still didn't believe. In fact, there was Thomas... We call him Doubting Thomas, as if we would have been, had much more faith than him. We're like, oh, he's like, I'm not going to believe it until I put my fingers in the holes in his hands and in his feet. But, but the Holy Spirit came and he gave these people power, gave the disciples power, because here we are, 2,000 years later, we're still praising the name of Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit came upon ordinary people, normal people, and they did extraordinary things by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the same power is available to you. But sometimes we got to just take off the gloves. We need to put the shovel down. We need to stop trying to do this in our own limited amounts of strength. We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. You know, next week we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, when he, when he comes into your life, He gives you certain gifts and abilities. We're going to be talking about that next week. You don't want to miss that. But right now, here are four qualities that the Holy Spirit wants to give to all believers. Four qualities. The first one is to share Christ boldly. Did you know that that's, one, that's a primary function of the Holy Spirit is to bring people to Jesus Christ? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 4, it says, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, this is what Paul saying, he said, instead, of, instead of trying to, to dazzle you with impressive talking and impressive speeches, he says, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, 
but in the power of God. This is what I rely on every week. I, yeah, I'm not the best speaker in the world. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I believe that the Holy Spirit has the power to take my words and somehow customize them and shape them so that you hear them and you're like, whoa, that, that's, that's for me. And it speaks into your life. The Holy Spirit will give each of us, though, that power to communicate about Christ. Sometimes He wants to do that through us, through, through giving something to someone. Like, like you know, you just going on, you feel like this prompting, that, oh, I should give something to someone. I should help them with something. I help somebody you need. So, well, how do I know if that's the Holy Spirit or not? Well, generally, we don't like giving things away, do we? And, and here's the thing. I don't really know everything that the devil tempts you with. I don't really know everything that the devil maybe tries to prompt you to do. But generally, giving things away to people in need is not one of them, Right? It's not like the devil said, hey, would you go and help this person in need? No, no. When we get those promptings, we just make the assumption this is the Holy Spirit working through us to bring people to Christ. Right now, maybe there's someone that the Holy Spirit wants you to invite to come to church. But you're hesitant, like, what if they call me a freak? What if they say I'm a hypocrite? Maybe, what if I am a hypocrite? They're like, man, they're going to know my life doesn't add up. They're going to know. But you know what? We still need to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not about how much we know. It's about how much we obey. You don't know what to say. You're like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just nervous that I'll start talking and I'll start tripping over my words. Just open your mouth because you know what's going to happen? You're going to start talking and, and the Holy Spirit's going to start talking through you. And, and they'll say something and then you'll say a scripture and you'll be like, whoa, I hope that was a scripture, <laughs> you know? And you'll go back and you'll look it up and be like, wow, that was a scripture. The Holy Spirit brought something back to my mind. And you'll be like, can I pray with you? And they'll be like, okay. And you'll pray for them. Did you know most people have never had someone pray for them before? There's power there. We need to speak by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is, is He wants us to, to um, share Christ boldly. He gives us the power to share Christ boldly. The next thing is that He'll give you power when you're weak. In Romans 8.26 it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Uh, did you know the Holy Spirit prays for you? The Holy Spirit prays for you? I mean, nowhere in Scripture we see anybody, you know, like really praying for us, but the Bible says the Holy Spirit prays for you. When you're weak, He prays for you. Many of us, we got on our, our gloves and we got on our shovel and we're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig this hole. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level this yard. But, but we're just too weak. But in our weakness, He is strong. God gives us the power. Say, man, raising kids is tough. I don't know if you got kids. I got three of them. Man. It's tough sometimes. Raising kids is tough, but like I can't do it. Where I'm weak, now God is made strong. Now I got to do a presentation at work, and I don't know. I don't know if I can do. It. The Holy Spirit can give you the strength. Oh, but I'm I'm struggling with these sins, and how do I overcome this sin in my life? We can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it with a shovel. 
You can't do it on your own. We need that backhoe to come in. The Holy Spirit gives us the power, but we need to call on Him. We need to listen to Him. We need to obey Him. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10 says, and this is Paul, says each time he said, my grace is all you need. He says, my power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. I'm a weak person and I take pleasure in that. I take pleasure in the insults and in the hardships and in the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because here's the thing, you got a glove. I don't know if you ever have like a glove that maybe, I don't know, you were like using to, you know, you're tarring your driveway and it's got like tar all over it or paint and then it dries, right? And you go to put your hand in that glove, man, it's not going to move, right? Because it's so stiff. And sometimes that's how we are. We're like that stiff, hard glove. And it's like, oh, I'm so strong. I'm so strong. Just like, but, but you know what? The power of God, the strength of God works best when we're weakest, It works best when we're saying, you know what, i got to rely on Christ. Some of us, the biggest problem that we have in following Christ is that we think that we're strong. We're like, oh, I can do this. I can handle this on my own. And as a result, we end up relying on ourselves rather than on the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit starts to control my desires, he doesn't have to micromanage my decisions. A lot of times we look at the Holy Spirit, we're like, oh, God, give me wisdom on what I should do with this, or or where I should go to school, or how I should do this, or how I should do that. And that's fine. I mean, we need to look at the decisions. But the Holy Spirit really is more interested in controlling our desires. What do I desire? Do I desire to please God or am I just doing this all for myself? When I, have a, when I have a pure heart, when I have a pure life, then my life begins to follow the purposes of God. What ingredients are you putting into your life? You know, some people say, oh God, please purify me, purify me. But look at the ingredients that we're putting into our life on a day-to-day basis. The people that we're hanging out with, the entertainment that we're consuming. I'm not saying you can't watch certain things. I'm edgy. I'm not a legalistic pastor. I'm edgy. I'm not going to say, oh, here's the rules of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But if you're asking the Holy Spirit, you're asking God to give you, uh, to give you joy, but you're spending three nights a week watching depressing crap on TV, you're like, well, why, why am I not getting joy? Oh, yeah. My favorite murder show is on. Let's watch this. God, give me joy. Let me not be afraid at night. Well, maybe the first thing you need to do is shut it off. Again, I'm, I'm edgy. I'm not saying, I'm not giving you rules. I'm just saying you might want to evaluate the ingredients you're putting into your life. Because the ingredient you're putting in your life might be counterproductive to what you're asking God for. The next thing the Holy Spirit does is He gives us hope in a hopeless world. Now some of you, 
The Holy Spirit wants you to hear this verse today. This verse is for you. I don't know who it is, but someone, maybe. It's Romans 15, 13. Now listen. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust Him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of us just have a limited amount of hope. It's like i got a limited amount of water here. Not a whole lot in there. And this is the amount of hope that you have. Like, i got a little bit, but I ain't got much. And we got a little bit of hope. Like, yeah, maybe things are going to work out, but probably not. You know, and, and, and we're just going through life, and man, you start getting hit with bad things, hit with bad things, hit with bad things, and, and we have a little less hope than we had before. Second part of the verse is, then you'll overflow with confident hope. The Holy Spirit wants you to overflow with confident hope, but we need to put our hope where it needs to be. Sometimes we're not putting our hope in God, but we're putting our hope in the lottery. I hope I win. Then I'll be set for life. I hope I win the lottery. I hope I I, I have a good job. Maybe you have a good job. Well, that's where my hope is, in my job and in money. Or I hope I meet the perfect girl, or I hope I meet the perfect guy, or I hope this, or I hope that. And we're putting our hope in things, but then we lose the things. And if we lose the things that we put our hope in, then we also have lost our hope. But we put our hope in God, and we ain't going to lose that. Maybe you're hurting right now in your life because of things that are coming. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of losing things. Maybe you're afraid of the difficulties in life. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you're, you're in all kinds of crazy things and it seems like the world is caving in around you. Maybe there's death in your family. Maybe there's sickness that you or a loved one is facing. And we're like, where is the hope? We need to put our hope in God. If, if you're hurting right now, I pray that this verse comes alive to you where it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. And you'll completely, and then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we have the power to experience the fullness of God. You're like, what? <laughs> Have the power to experience the fullness of God. See, because for many of us, now some of you here, maybe you haven't made a decision to put your faith in Christ yet. But some people here have had their faith in Christ for a long time. And it becomes all these check boxes. Check boxes. Check. I got baptized. Check. I read my Bible today. Check. I prayed. Check. I didn't cuss out my neighbor. Check. Check, 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 whatever the list is. Check, I didn't do this. Check, I didn't do that. Check, I did do that. And it becomes all these, these check boxes. Check, I'm basically a good person. Most of us, though, end up being the same as the world. Struggling with the same sins, getting the same amount of divorces, having the same problems, same everything else. Because we're just living our life as check boxes, and there's no power there. Paul prayed this prayer 
in Ephesians 3. Verse 16, he says, And I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep His love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then, and only then, you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Do you want to be made complete with all the fullness and the power that comes from God? We need to begin to yield ourselves. We need to give ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit. Putting our faith in Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through our life. Is there more to Christianity? Some of you may be wondering. Is there more to it than this? Just going through the motions, avoiding all the bad stuff and doing all the good stuff. And we've we've come up with our own you know check boxes, our own lists of rules, things to do and don't do. Is there more to it than this? Yes, there's much more because you can live a life led by the Holy Spirit. You can live a life that produces the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You can live a life that's, that's demonstrating these things. We can walk by faith and not by sight. We can have a hope. We can have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We can have a strength. We can have a power. Because again, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. But have you ever been driving down the road on a road trip and you're listening to a radio station and eventually it starts to break up until you can't hear it anymore? Sometimes that's what we're doing in our life. We've been going so long, so far, and, and we, we're not tuning in to that radio station of the Holy Spirit anymore. We're listening to something else now. Like, well, what else is on now? We're going through life. I was talking to someone the other day how it's like, you know, nobody wants to, to be quiet anymore. You ever notice that? We never have quiet anymore. We get in our car, we turn on music, we get in our house, we turn on the TV, and we never have that time to hear what the Bible says is a still, small voice of the Holy Spirit guiding us. Some of us, well, all we think about of the Holy Spirit is saying, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Or shouldn't I do this? Instead, we need to begin praying that God will will make our heart like His heart. Our desires like His desires. Our, our passions like His. And then we don't have to worry about the little decisions because now we're living a Spirit-led life. We're living a life that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. We say, well, but, but where should I get married? I just need to decide if, where, where I'm going to get married. Am I going to get married here? Or am I going to get married there? And, and speak, Lord, to me. Where should I get married? I think the Holy Spirit's like, I don't care where you get married. <laughs> I'm more concerned that you love your wife, that you love your husband the way that Christ 
loved the church and he laid his life down for it. He's more interested in how you are married than the where you are married. He's more interested in how you work your job sometimes than the where we work our job. He's more interested in how we live our lives. He wants to change our desires. Now, I'm not saying he won't give you wisdom for those other things, but let's not just look to the Holy Spirit as just some decision-making mechanism. Because he's the person, he's real, he's alive. And he wants to change us like these pickles all the way through and through. So we can't even go back to what we were before. The Spirit will prompt us to do certain things. He'll prevent us from doing certain other things. He'll prohibit us from going in certain directions. And ultimately to produce the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. But it's not by our own strength. It's by the Holy Spirit. Like it says in Zechariah 4.6. This is the Old Testament. He says, It is not by force nor by strength, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You know, we can't win the battle in life by our strength. We can't win the battle in life by our churchianity. Oh, I go to church. I'm a Christian. I'm a good person. I don't do too many bad things. We, we can't depend on that. We can't depend on our religion. But it's about having a relationship. Sometimes you might be doing things and when the Holy Spirit stops you from doing something, it's not because He wants to deplete your life of some good thing. It's because He wants to develop you into who He wants you to be. Now some of us here, you know, you're like, maybe you haven't even put your faith in Christ yet. Well, here's here's the deal. If if that's where you are and you haven't ever put your faith in Christ or, or maybe... You have it one time, but you kind of maybe drifted away. I can tell you why you're here today. You might, well, it's my friend invited me or my family member invited me. It's because I was bored on a Sunday morning and just wanted to come. But there's a reason that you're here and not out fishing. I was talking to Darren this morning. He said a friend invited him to come fishing. I'm like, wow, and you choose to come to church instead. Good for you, man. I mean, there's a reason that you're here instead of out fishing or doing whatever. (laughs) There's a reason that you're here instead of doing that. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit brought you here. And He's been working out the situations in your life to get you here on this morning, April 19th, 2015. He's been working that to get you here to get you to a point where you're saying, you know what, I'm going to let go. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's patient like that. And maybe it's been taking 20, 30, 40, 50 years to get you to this point. But he's been working and that's why. And it's time. It's time to let go. Jesus says, if you believe in your heart and we say with our mouth that Jesus is Lord that we can be saved we can give our lives over we can accept this baptism this immersion of the Holy Spirit we can accept this power but let me warn you 
A lot of people talk about, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and oh, it's just something that kind of comes and it hits us and we lose all control and we fall on the ground. No, that's usually not how it works, unfortunately. See, it's more about us being obedient. And, and obedience starts with recognizing his presence. He's here. Do you recognize his presence? And are you going to obey those promptings and leadings that he gives you? Father, we thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which gives us power, which gives us peace, which gives us comfort, which gives us guidance each and every day of our life. And Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We want to obey you. Change our desires. Change our heart. Let us be focused on you. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then let's say that together. Jesus is Lord. And let's follow him and let's obey the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. We're going to just sing a couple choruses. We sang the song earlier, sang it last week, but I think it's so appropriate. And, uh, and if, you know, let's just take a few moments. Don't worry about who is around you. Let's just take a few moments and sing this and praise Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.